Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I talked to Rebecca about the birth of her two daughters. Rebecca mainly focuses on her second birth story, which was a fast and unexpected delivery. I'll let her take you through the rest of that, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Rebecca, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Yep. Um, so my name is Rebecca. Um, I live in Pupu with my husband, Jai, and my two daughters, Mila and Millie. Oh, lovely. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys the first time around? Um, so the first time we decided that we always wanted to have children young. Um, it was something we discussed quite early in our relationship. But I had been having quite a lot of um, pain that was unexplained for quite a while and we eventually got down to it and it was um, endometriosis. Um, yeah. And when we talked about conception with my specialist he said that potentially it could take a while to get pregnant so we decided after my 21st birthday that I would stop uh, the pill and start trying expecting it to take you know a minimum of a year because that's kind of what we were expecting Uh, three months later we were pregnant (laughs) Um, so it happened pretty fast um, and it was a big shock that it happened that quickly but it was good I was glad that it didn't take as long as we expected. It was a nice surprise. Yeah. Awesome. And so how did you end up finding out that you were pregnant? Did you miss a period or you had other symptoms? So I hadn't actually had like a proper period yet. They'd been quite um, irregular and no two were the same. So um, I kind of just like one morning I was just thinking to myself, man, I haven't had a period in quite a while. And then – Within that same week, I kind of started to notice my breasts were tender, which was really unusual. It's not something that I get with my period. So I was just like, oh, maybe I'll just take a test. (laughs) So I took a test at home by myself when my partner was at rugby. (laughs) And it was positive. And I was like, no, surely not. And it was (laughs) one of the three test kits. So I got the other two and tested them. And sure enough, they were all positive. Um. So I sat there on the toilet floor crying for a little bit, happy, crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then thought about how I was going to tell Jai. And it was his birthday coming up that week. So I thought it might be like a really nice surprise for him on his birthday. Yeah. So I went and bought a little onesie 
and put a card in there saying that you're going to be a dad. So that was really cool when he opened that up. He was really excited. Awesome. Lovely. And did you have many other pregnancy symptoms once you knew that you were pregnant? Did you have much morning sickness or anything else throughout that time? No. So I was pretty lucky. I was on one of the vomiting ones. Um, <laughs> I just felt quite hungover pretty much every single day from week four to week 16. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think my lucky stars, it's not something worse, like vomiting at every smell. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And did you have a plan of where you thought you might want to deliver? Yeah. So um, I definitely wanted to take the natural path. Um, I'm someone that doesn't deal well with things being out of my control, which is kind of funny coming into birth. But uh, so I wanted to have a water birth um, and I went with a midwife that tended to go to the more natural path as well. So that was good. We matched quite well. Awesome. And did you go to any antenatal classes or anything like that before labor? No, I didn't go to an antenatal. I went to a labor and I thought it was amazing. Yeah, really amazing. Um, I learned some really good techniques there that helped me through my labor. Um, yeah. I really recommend labor classes. Uh, I've had many friends go to antenatal classes and not have a lot of good to say about them. Yeah. So... I, I chose to go down the route where I actually knew not a lot about, which was labor. Yeah. Do you want to talk us through that? I've never heard of it before. It would be great if you could um, yeah, tell us no, what that so, is. Um, it was just a day course um, and we went up and they basically educated us about every step of labor. So you're very informed of what your body's going to go through and what to expect. Um, <clears throat> they take you through like a course of um, – Positions that can help you through labor, positions that can help you get a baby out of posterior position, um, just general like managing skills to get you through labor. And then they um, teach you what to expect in different circumstances. So being at home, being at um, a birthing facility and being at hospital. And they just tell you what to expect within those places. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. Very so cool. We haven't heard good. of that. So that's yeah. great. Cool. And did you end up going into labor naturally this time around? Or do you want to talk us through that and then into your birth story? Yep. Okay. So for um, Mayla, my first daughter, I went into labor naturally. Um, my mucus plug broke on the Saturday and I had pretty much no symptoms of going into labor from that point, but it was kind of that starting to get into that stage. Um, and then on Tuesday, I started to have those early signs of labor with um, just really mild contractions kind of every 40 minutes, pretty much for the entire day. And I had a midwife appointment that day, and she said she thought she that I would go into labor. Um, and I wasn't so sure myself, but midnight that night, I went into labor full and proper. So I went straight into um, active labor. but. I was really lucky. My pain was progressive, so I started um, with really quite manageable contractions, although they were yeah. close together. Um, and it was a long labour, so I laboured at home for I think it was fourteen hours before um, I headed off to the birthing suite in Tiamatu, which is an hour drive from us. 
And on arrival, I had like everything checked out, make sure that baby was okay and she was doing great. And so I hopped in the water and um, quickly went into transition there. And um, she was born within an hour. So um, it was really cool, actually. My waters didn't break. And so my midwife asked me to feel to see where I could feel them. And as soon as I did feel, my fingers just went straight through them because I didn't expect them to be right there. And they were really bulging and there was a lot of pressure there. So I actually broke my own waters. um, And she was born really quickly after the waters had broken. She must have just been sitting there ready to go and the waters needed to go before she could come, I think. Yeah. So she, she was born a minute 40 after my borders broke. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and my, my midwife was really surprised too because of the where my pain was. She didn't think that I was quite that far along, um, but it was actually just the waters that were holding everything back. So I had no internal examinations. It just kind of um, happened naturally by itself and nice and quick once we were actually at the birthing suite. So it was nice. So I picked her up myself and put her on my chest and we had skin to skin, which was beautiful. It's an incredible feeling being able to hold your baby for the first time, but it's also a massive relief that labor's <laughs> tough part of labor's done. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was really exhausted, but couldn't take my eyes off her. Yeah, she yeah. Was, yeah. It's pretty. It's a pretty special moment being able to hold your baby for the first time. Um, yeah. And me and my partner just spent probably a good hour just you know with her on my chest in the water, holding her and just having our time together, which was really nice. And within that time, she um, started searching for the breast, so we breastfed for the first time in the water as well, which was cool. So we, yeah. yeah, our breastfeeding journey wasn't the greatest, but yeah, she did latch on in the beginning, so that was good. Yeah, and did you know you were having a girl? Yes, we did know we we're having a girl. I'm too impatient. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would be too. And did you have any tearing or anything like that that you needed sorted afterwards? Yeah, so I did have um, a second degree tear with her um, because she came so quickly. Uh, yeah. Once the waters were broken, her head was born okay, but she came out broad-shouldered. So, um, yeah, there was no curling in or anything like that with her. She just came crying, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, yeah. that's fine. Uh, we went up to Waikato for the stitches because um, of the way that it teared. It was just my midwife wasn't confident that she could do the best job and she wanted the best job done. So we went up to Waikato. Yeah. And, um, because of the time of night, I think we were just seen really quickly. So we got, I got my stitches there. Didn't need surgery or anything, just normal skin stitches. So it was okay. And then we headed yeah. back to the birthing suite in Tiamuru for the night. Awesome. And what were the next few days like? When were you able to head home? And what was it like adjusting to life with a newborn and as a first time mum? It was difficult. Yeah. Um, I don't think anything can really prepare you for how difficult being a first-time mum is. Um, yeah. Because I'd been in labour for 17 hours and then went on to have to be awake over 24 hours. I was quite exhausted. And when we got back, she woke up and wanted to be fed and ended up being awake pretty much all of that night. Um, and I ended up with 
a bit of damage on my nipples, unfortunately, um, because I'd fallen asleep and she had slipped to the tip. And instead of having a good lap, she was just kind of numbing on the tip, which was unfortunate. Yeah. So it wasn't off to a very good start. And then the second night is kind of, I think every mum knows, it's that difficult night where they just feed and feed and feed. And I already had damage, so it was, yeah, it was hard. But we got to go home after the second night, which was best because being in your own environment, I think, is really the best for healing and being comfortable and more relaxed. Yeah. So we went home. We had a lot of visitors, which was difficult, I, I found. Um, you're a new mum trying to get into the grove, and when you constantly have visitors and you feel like you have to accommodate them as well as look after your baby, it's quite difficult. So although it was lovely that everyone wanted to see her, it kind of really made that first week quite hard. Um, but I had really good support from my husband and from my mum, which was great. But, yeah. yeah, unfortunately the breastfeeding just kind of trickled down every time she wanted to feed. I was so anxious and my whole body would just tense. And, yeah, it was not a nice experience, unfortunately. Yeah, and how long did you persist with the breastfeeding for? So we got to 10 days of on the breast and then um, – by that point, like every time she had a feed, I was left dripping blood, unfortunately. Mm. And I, and me and my midwife decided that what I would do would um, be to express. So I expressed and um, bottle fed. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, because I did that and because I had so much milk, I ended up with a breast abscess, um, which was quite difficult um, to go through. And then mastitis. So um, I expressed and bottle fed for three months. And after I had the abscess removed and the mastitis, I was barely getting a bottle a day for her. And that's when I chose to stop because it wasn't good for me. And it was barely getting her a bottle. So at the end of the day, it just wasn't worth it for us. Yeah. Um, And she's a perfectly healthy girl who was formula fed from three months. Yeah, awesome. And how did your sort of emotional well-being change once you stopped breastfeeding and were able to, um, I guess, get a bit of relief from that? It changed a lot. The first change was when I stopped breastfeeding. I got to a pretty sad spot where I looked at my daughter and didn't like her, which was really yeah. hard. And I think it might be hard for some mums to hear that. But when this little baby just all they want is your breast that hurts you like nothing else, it's really hard to like really have that bond that they talk about. I didn't have that bond, not at all. I got the bond when we bottle fed and formula fed. So, yeah, I was much better off not breastfeeding and not expressing. And if we just take a little bit of a step back, when you um, left the birth, Center, did you have many after pains or how was your physical recovery apart from um, the breastfeeding issues? Not too bad. I was a little bit sore from the stitches for kind of like that first week. Um, but yep. after that, I was pretty okay. Like my bleeding was really minimal from the beginning, which was great. Um, yeah, I think I recovered really well. Yeah, awesome. 
And how long was it until you got your period back or did it come back like it was supposed to or? It came back once I stopped expressing. So it was, yeah, it was about yeah. that three month mark. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And had you planned on having another or do you want to take us through your thoughts there? Um, so <laughs> straight after I had her, I was like, no, not having any more, not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think is probably quite a common thing to go through. But um, we knew that we wanted a little bit of an age gap. Um, but we kind of got to two and we were like, oh, no, we're not quite ready yet. And we got to three and we're kind of like, oh, maybe we could start thinking about the possibility of it. And then, um, yeah, we we did start talking about it more. And then one day I just said to my husband, I was like, right, when are we when are we having another baby? Um, yeah. Do you want another baby? And he was just like, "Yeah, I'd like it to be born in April." <laughs> I was like, "Wow, okay." So he, when we were talking, it was like June or July. I was like, "Um, no, that's not going to work out because that means I have to get pregnant right now." So we um decided that I'd go off contraception there and um just see how it would go, and I ended up getting pregnant in October. So. Yeah. I went awesome. off the pill. Yeah, I went off the pill in June, and so it took it a little bit longer than what it did with Mila, but still not very long at all. Yeah, cool. And did you have many other pregnancy symptoms this time around? Was it any different to your first? Um, I didn't have as many, which was really nice. Um, so I did have that hungover feeling again, but it, so it was kind of like three days a week max for yeah. the first. 14 weeks kind of thing. Um, yeah. And once I was kind of to that second trimester, it was quite good. But unfortunately, I ended up with a lot of sciatic nerve pains. Um, they actually got really bad at the end and I ended up needing to go to physio and um, needed support belt. And I just had to really take it easy. My back was really, really sore. And the numbness yeah. that went down into my leg was quite bad some days um I did work up to 37 weeks with both of the girls so I could only take it easy yeah. so much and did you plan on going to the birth center again or what were your thoughts there this time yeah so there was a new birth center that was built in Tiamaru so I was really keen to get there again and have another nice water birth awesome yeah. and did you end up going into labor naturally this time around or do you want to talk us through that and then into this birth story yeah, so um, I went into labour um, at four o'clock in the morning. My waters broke, um, which was an odd experience. I mean, I had to break them on the previous birth. Um, it was, I thought I'd wake myself. I think every girl week thinks that. Um, <laughs> so I went to the toilet to finish what I thought had started. And then when I um, got up to go back to the bed, it all trickled down my legs. I was like, uh, yep, okay, that is not <laughs> me. <laughs> so um, I was getting myself sorted and my husband woke up and he was just like, are you all right? And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure my water's just broke, but I hadn't had any contractions, so I just got myself back to bed, hopped in bed, but um, within half an hour the contractions started, but they were very mild. They were, I didn't even have to, like, 
I was sleeping between waking for them just because I was aware. And yeah. then I'd go back to sleep and they were every kind of 10 minutes apart. And in that time, my husband was had decided that he'd stay home from work and he'd got up and was in the lounge just hanging about. Um, and I knew that I needed to get as much sleep as possible. So I just kept sleeping as long as I could because I didn't want to get into the same position I was last time where I was really, really um, exhausted and sleep deprived. So I was sleeping as much as I could. So I got to about 7.30, I think it was, and I got out, out of bed and started getting ready because I thought, well, if I get everything ready now, I won't have to worry about it when I'm in really deep in labour. And things started to like really pick up quite quickly. And I just kind of thought to myself, am I just not managing this well this time? But I was walking around the house, like getting washing on and getting my daughter's stuff prepared for her to go to her nan's house and straightening my hair because <laughs> I didn't want to look <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, and I think all that moving around kind of was making the labor pick up faster as well. Yeah. So they, my contractions were happening so quickly, I couldn't even get to my phone all to a clock to see what the time was and how quickly they were happening. And I said to my husband, I think this is happening quite quickly. So I rang my midwife and let her know what was happening. And she suggested that we might want to leave home. And it was only uh, about quarter to nine in the morning by that point. And I was thinking to myself, no, I don't need to leave yet. But within 15 minutes, of that phone call, I knew that we needed to move. Um, so I was glad that I had called my mum by that point and she was on her way to come and get my daughter. By that point, I couldn't do anything but concentrate on the labour. So I had to stop everything and kind of just ask my husband to do these things. And I just had to concentrate on the labour because the contractions were really big and so I was having to stop and get my hands and knees to get through the contraction. And we were expecting my mum to be here at that point, and she wasn't. And so my husband, I didn't know that he was doing this, my husband got a hold of our good friend and she came up and watched my daughter until my mum got there and we left pretty quickly after that. Um, yeah. And when we, when we were leaving, my midwife said to me, are you sure you don't have any pressure in your bottom? And at that point, I had no pressure on my bottom. The contractions were just really intense and very close together. So because I had no pressure on my bottom, we continued on for that hour journey. So, yeah, it's about it's an hour drive from home to the birthing suite in Te Amuru. And yeah. um, contractions were awful in the car. Like um, anyone that's labored in the car knows it's really difficult to be confined to a small space when you just want to move into a position that's comfortable. And so not realizing how far into labor I was, I was really like rest, like wrestling pretty much side to side, lying on my side, legs up on the dashboard, just trying to like get through these contractions in the car. And we were 40 minutes into our journey. Um, and I felt lots of pressure on my bottom and I said to my husband I think the baby's coming and at that point 
I heard the indica- uh, the hazard lights go on and <laughs> he sped up <laughs> and I looked up and in the main street of the road, he was like passing people and like trying to get to our destination yeah. as quickly as possible. And we were just leaving the, the town of Ochonga and um, I said to him, no, this baby's coming because at that point I could actually feel her head coming down. Um, yeah. And so he he just said to me, what do you want me to do? And I looked up and I was like, just pull up this road. So luckily we got off the main road and we we're just up a side road. And he stopped the car. As soon as he stopped the car, I undid my seatbelt, flipped over so my knees were on the seat and I was leaning over the back of the chair and um, started pushing straight away. Um, she was coming really quickly and... In that time, my husband called my midwife and um, basically just talked to him. And I just, I don't, I don't even know what they talked about. I just was so far in my labour and concentrating on what I needed to do and what my body needed to do. Um, and I was just pushing. And so, as soon as I felt her head coming out, I pulled my pants down and pushed her head out. And I looked down just to make sure. It was really odd. I, like, I didn't even think about it at the time. But I looked down and I was looking to make sure that there was no cord around her neck. Yeah. So I made sure there was no cord around her neck. And then once I knew that that was clear, I carried on pushing the rest of her. Um, it was really cool. I was much more controlled pushing with her than what I was my first daughter. So I felt everything, like where her body was. and what I needed to do to get her out. She was born within two minutes of us pulling over. So wow, what a crazy, crazy birth story, but amazing. Yeah. So um, after she was born, I knew, because we had talked about the possibility of this happening, and I knew the one thing I needed to do was to get her really warm. So yeah. I got her skin to skin, and... um got every blanket that I could breach and put it over her. My husband got her beanie, put that on. Then we shut all the doors in the car and turned on the heaters and just waited for my midwife to arrive. Yeah. And once your midwife arrived, what was the process after that? So because you can't travel with your placenta still attached and stuff like that, I um, we cut the cord and then my husband had skin to skin. And while he had skin to skin, I moved to the back of the vehicle and I birthed the placenta in the back of the car. And she just had a very quick check just to make sure I didn't have any like extensive bleeding or anything like that. And I didn't. I was good. And then we focused on Millie. And so she was perfectly fine. She was beautiful and pink. She was breathing straight away. She cried straight away. So she was perfectly healthy. And then we weighed her in the back. We had a quick little check of her to make sure everything, was, her body was okay. Um, and then we breastfed, which was much better this time. Um, she had a beautiful latch. And so she fed for a good half an hour. And then my midwife got her dressed for us and we carried on to the birthing suite. Um, and when we got there, we just I just got checked out myself. Um, I had minor grazing, nothing too bad this time, so it was good. I didn't need any stitches, which was really nice. Yeah. And then I just went and had a shower and got myself sorted to have a nice 
relaxing day with my newborn. And yeah, that's what we amazing. had. It was really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I know everybody sort of says they'll never forget their labor, but I think that's one that <laughs> definitely you'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Yeah. It was yeah. very interesting, but yeah, not one to forget, that's for sure. Yeah, awesome. And how many nights did you spend in the birth centre? We just spent one um, because of my older daughter. I knew that she'd want us home pretty quickly. And um, yeah. we just had the first night, which was so key for me. Like I really wanted to get breastfeeding sorted this time. I really wanted that to work. And um, I was really lucky, actually. One of the midwives was also a lactation consultant. And so I was having like a little bit of difficulty that the first night and she came in and helped me out and showed me a few pointers that were really so important to get it to work for us. Yes, so she gave me lots of pointers and um, she had to help me syringe feed for one feed just because Millie was born so quickly she didn't get time to be squished down there and it's actually quite an important process to labor it helps clear their lungs out of all the mucus and stuff and she didn't get that so unfortunately for that first 24 hours she was very mucusy and she vomited quite a bit and so uh, her gag reflex was really really strong and we needed to syringe feed her because she couldn't latch for one feed and that was fine we did that and within 24 hours she was able to breastfeed no problems no gagging so that was great yeah awesome and then once you went home how did you adjust to life as mum to a newborn and a toddler it was really easy um I feel really fortunate um Millie was an amazing baby she's that dream baby that people talk about (laughs) yeah she slept she slept amazing she fed amazing um she just wanted to be cuddled, fed, and sleep. That's it. She she was just easy, and my daughter just adored her. Being four, I think that age gap was really good. She was yeah. aware that Millie's needs had to come before her at that time. Yeah. Um, but I was lucky that I had my mum there and my husband there to give her lots of attention too. It was just mum's attention that needed to be taken away a little bit. And she was really fine with that. Um, We didn't have any problems with jealousy, which was great. Um, She just adored Millie. She loved her, (laughs) wanted to give her cuddles. If anything, our biggest problem was that she was so protective of her and just wanted to hold her all the time. So people would come come over and she'd be like, I'll hold the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Which was really sweet. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. Um, Millie was a good sleeper. We chose to co-sleep. So she was with me for the first month. Um, She didn't sleep in her bed. She slept with me. And it's not for everybody, but it worked great for us. Um, Yeah. We were getting six hours of sleep every night. And when she'd wake up for a feed, I'd just feed her and she'd go straight back to sleep. Um, yeah, I felt really, really fortunate with her. Yeah, awesome. And what about your physical recovery? Did you find it any different to your first? 
was about the same because I had the grazing. Um, it was still painful. Um, just those normal things like going to the toilet yeah. it was uncomfortable, but it was about the first week was just the worst of it. And after that first week, I was pretty okay. Um, just my back pain still persisted quite a bit. A little bit of advice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, just know that you're so capable of going through this birth, whether it be a car birth, a water birth, a cesarean or unplanned home birth, planned home birth, whatever it is, you're so capable of going through that. Yeah. Um, you know, women are so incredible and our bodies are incredible, but don't ever feel like you can't ask for help. You know, I think a lot of women get into that spot of I can do it all, but actually it's good to ask for help and accept help. Yeah. I guess because I know that with my breastfeeding journey with my first one, I was very much, no, I can do this. I don't need any help. And it went downhill pretty quickly. But with Millie, I was really open to support and advice and help. And I think also being my second, I was much more relaxed. Yeah. And yeah. happy with the process and supported with the process. Cool. So I will wrap up the conversation just by saying a big thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I think you've got a super interesting story and one that I know others will really love to hear. So thank you. Yeah. No worries. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.